About a week ago, I was thinking about all this expansion that has been going on in college football and where the ACC stood with Cal and Stanford and SMU. And I, I kind of landed on the I didn't want it to happen. Well, some things have happened and I have completely changed my mind. You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Thursday, everyone. We have expansion and football talk going on today, so make sure you are here to listen to the entire show. Now, as I said, last week we had heard buzz that the ACC was in the process of potentially adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU. And I I was okay with it for some parts. I wanted I want to see the ACC do something. They had to do something to kind of fill the the gap of what's going on with the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big 12. They needed to figure out some way to get themselves back up. But on the other hand, as I said, I didn't like it for a lot of the revenue, non-revenue sports that I thought would really get impacted, like softball players having to go over to Cal and then come back to play uh, you know, season games and, and regular season games. Didn't like that. I thought that was a big ask of a lot of the kids and I, you know, with academics and pieces like that, which I, you know, emphasize with all these types of schools is still very important. I still was kind of on the fence. I wasn't like, I wasn't like Clemson and Florida state who are like, you know, I, I don't even know if they care what happens to the ACC. I think they just want to get out, but it, it kind of died. The whole talk died when there was a straw poll last week that had, I think it was four schools that were against expansion. Those four schools were Clemson, Florida State, NC State, and North Carolina. Now, according to Ross Dellinger and a few other national reporters, uh, big names, this um, expansion talk is back on the table and it's picking up steam. Now, according to the reports that I have read, uh, it sounds like they've kind of you know, come up with the financials that could make this work. And what they've done is they've made it so that it sounds like based off of the reading that Stanford and Cal will come at reduced rates. SMU for seven years is going to come for nothing. You're basically getting SMU as a throwaway, uh, but ESPN is going to pay for them. Now, according to the reports I read, and I think it was either Pete Thamel of Ross Dellinger that had this number, adding those three teams could add $75 million more to the payouts to the schools. Yeah, so you divide that by you know fifteen schools. That doesn't make a big difference, but the way that they're considering spreading out that payment does make a difference, and it could be what saves the ACC. Now, what they're thinking and what they're proposing and working out right now is using that seventy-five million to pay uh, incentive-based uh, extras to to the schools. So you win the football conference, you get X amount of money. You win basketball, you get X amount of money. This is what would get the Florida States and the Clemsons more money because they're always winning that they could keep them happy and in the conference. I think that is a big deal. If that $75 million divided, I don't know how many times they would divide it. You know, you're giving, if if that means that Clemson wins the ACC football and they get 15 to $20 million, 
they're going to be happy campers. Maybe you're a second place you lose, but you get $10 million and then you get $10 million from basketball. Cause you're good at that too. That's also positive. I think that's important. And honestly, as a team like Boston college, who cares, right? That for, from our, their perspective, you know, as long as you keep the big cats happy, that keeps the money flowing in. Because if you lose Florida state, you lose Clemson, that money might dry up. You, you, you look at it from that perspective, right? You, you haven't won an ACC championship yet, so you're never going <laughs> to, that money may never come, but the fact that you're keeping the bigger cats happy could be a bigger deal. The other piece of this um, deal that I, I particularly liked, and I, I hadn't seen it said this way yet, but I thought it was important um, in, in terms of just how I view it. It, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying about um, softball players is that it looks like for these deals that uh, it would only be for men's basketball, women's basketball, and football. That's great. The, so the revenue sports, basically. So football, that's okay. You just, you basically what you would do is I feel bad for Stanford and Cal and, and SMU. You, they basically, I think would be uh, the three rivals that would play each other. So they could always have three games. Then they have another five games. You have to spread them out uh, and, and figure out a way to do that. But like, I, it's just going to have to be, you know, creative with how they create the football schedules every year. So that like, you're not having a Saturday game against, you know, Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech for Boston College and then a, a Friday game at Cal. You just can't do things like that, but you'll figure things out. So if it's just the revenue sports and you're only playing them a couple times every year, I don't I don't think that's that big of a deal. And the money piece, I think, is great, too. So I have to say it. I, I flip flopped on this. I, I was kind of against it to begin with. I think it's a good idea now. I think having the ACC add these three teams hopefully will keep those two cat, you know, big cats, the cat, the Clemson's and Florida States happy. But also, I think it'll work adding more product. And honestly, like I, I like bigger leagues. I, you know, BC doesn't really have a ton of you know rivals, and, and the rivals that they do have are automatically scheduled now with Syracuse, Pitt, and Miami. Adding some more different teams. Hey, you don't have to play Clemson as much, uh, but you get to play some of these other schools. And I, I don't, don't sleep on SMU. There was, I think they're a sleeping giant, a team that with the right coach and with this money coming in, they're not going to have any money, but eventually they will be a, they will be a good ACC team too. Um, so I, I, I kind of like all of this. I, at, 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 this is at the end of the day is what I'm saying. Now we're not at the finish line yet. There's still things that have to be done. And you never know. I, I hope Clemson and Florida State are going in this with good faith that they're they're looking at like, okay, if we stay, this is going to be the best option for us, and not just sabotaging it on their way out because that that's kind of what happened with USC and UCLA with the Pac-12, and look what happened to them. So I'm hoping the, the hope is that by this week, it sounds like either in the next week or so, uh, they're going to have a vote. Now Brandon Marcello says they're going to have a discussion tonight. I don't know if that leads to a vote or not, but you got to keep watching this. Hopefully this will be done. I hope, hopefully this could be the last peg in this uh, conference realignment for a while. Uh, you know, maybe hopefully uh, teams like our Oregon state and Wazoo, they end up in the mountain West and and then, th then that's it again. But I, I thought this was something worth watching uh, because obviously with Boston college, you don't want the ACC to dissolve. Um, and this looks like a move that could keep uh, those schools that were, have been, 
voicing their displeasure very loudly or privately more so with, with Clemson, um, it could keep them happier. And I think that's a big deal. Now, in a moment, I want to get into uh, the football team. And I've been, I've been positive about it, a lot of stuff. You, and some of you have been calling me on it and I, I, I get it. You know, some, sometimes I, sometimes I, I get a little too, uh, you know, maroon and gold as they say, but on today's show, I want to look at some areas I'm still worried about. And I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. Now, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit in the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers. Eligible items only exclusions apply. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, and we are discussing. Let's get, let's get, we're putting the expansion in the rear view for a little bit. As we are now down to, I think, one more day of, of summer camp, our fall camp practice for Boston College football. And I, I have said, and, you know, on tomorrow's show, I will give you my official prediction for the season. But I have said, I'm pretty high on where BC is at right now. I feel like they're in better shape than they were last year. And I think with the schedule, things could go well. But I've said that for three straight years under Jeff Halfley. And there's been uh, an Achilles heel that seems to have killed them every single year. The first year, I, I don't even want to consider it Achilles heel. But it just was a, a mess because of COVID. And you just, you know, with a new team, there was excitement, but there wasn't any consistency. And college football was just a mess. The year after, obviously, it was the injury to Phil Jakovic. You didn't have a backup quarterback that could play well enough to get you to where you needed to be with Dennis Grossell. And last year was the offensive line. So I tried to remove my blinders here and look at what areas could be something, some areas of concern heading into next year. And I've been watching at camp. I've been talking to staff and players and, and getting all those details. Um, but, you know, with practice closed, it's hard <laughs> To, to know exactly what's going on, but here's some of the things that I'm, I'm still thinking about. Now, on yesterday's show, or two days ago, I reported that Bryce Steele is going to miss uh, some time because of an undi uh, a, a personal health issue. And we don't know what that is or how long he's going to be out, but that leads to my first big concern, which is the linebacker unit. Um, I've heard the depth is a little bit thin there, and you can just look at the numbers and see that, right? You have Vinny De Palma and Cam Arnold. Vinny De Palma is fine. Um, he, he's a, um, reliable player. He's not a game changer, but he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Cam Arnold has to have a big year. He has to play better than he did last year. Um, and he could, and that could very well happen, but it's still a big question mark, right? Because then after that are a bunch of question marks. You have Jalen Blackwell, who we saw, uh, I think he played what a hundred and something snaps last year. And then no one, you have a bunch of names you don't know about. You don't. And, and at linebacker, that's a little worrisome because, you know, they have a, a big role in terms of running that defense, because when you're playing teams that are doing RPO or doing or, or doing any sort of option, they have to play a big role in knowing what's going on out there. And if you're throwing newer faces out there, there might be some learning curves out there. And that's worrisome because that's your linebacking unit. So you're as we said, on, when I had Mitch on the other day, 
names to watch for Owen McGowan, Davion Crouch, and Sione Hala all could be playing at linebacker come that opening week against NIU. But we haven't seen enough from any of those guys or anything at all on, on film to know what's going to happen. Now, the, the coaching staff may know, obviously knows more than we do, and there may be stuff that's going on um, that they're feeling more confident. I, you know, a guy like Davion Crouch, I, I, I feel like he, he seems like the next guy up to me. Uh, I've heard a ton about him making some big plays, but what I don't see and what doesn't come out or, you know, in practice reports, they're not going to tell you if he blows a coverage or he's in the wrong spot and that causes a touchdown. We have to wait to see what he does against NIU or whoever starts at NIU. So that's a concern when you're playing teams like Florida state and Louisville and some teams that have some good talent, that's a piece that you're going to have to worry about. And in the run defense, they're going to have to to play a big role as well. So the linebacker position for me is, is one position. I'm still, I still have some, some concerns about, but it's more of a, I have to see it. Secondly, in terms of, I have to see it is a secondary. Now, this is a completely rebuilt unit, right? You, we lost Josh DeBerry, Jason Matry, Jaden Woodbay, uh, CJ Burton, all, all played major roles in the last couple of years and are gone. You brought in Alex Washington, Kari John from Alex Washington from Harvard, Kari Johnson from Arkansas, and Victor Nelson Jr. from uh, LIU. And then you're adding in guys like Elijah Jones and Cole Batson, but again, Lots of question marks. Batson's younger. Elijah Jones, I'm not, he's probably my least concern. But you, you're bringing in two FCS transfers. You haven't seen them play against FBS opponents yet. So that obviously is a concern when you're playing and you're lining them up against Johnny Wilson of Florida State. And I'm not even just saying like that, but like Aranda Gatson of, of uh, Syracuse or even some of the other wide receivers they're going to play. I know that Virginia Tech has a good one. I haven't seen it yet. You know, you've heard some big plays during during scrimmages, but this is a position that I think is it's valid to say, huh, I wonder if they have what it needs for next year. Do they have enough? um, Do they have enough talent to to have a solid front uh, pass defense? Now, I have all the faith in the world in their um, secondary coach and and defensive coordinator, Zabdul Rahim. Um, if there's any guy, especially when you have Jeff Halfley there too, who's a secondary coach that could coach these guys up, they have it. But as I've said, I have to see it with this group, a, a group like the offensive line. I don't need to see it. Cause I know there's enough talent. I think to, to do what they need to do this secondary, you have a bunch of question marks, right? Can Alex Washington be a FBS level defender he i feel like he could but we haven't seen it yet the same for victor nelson these are guys coming from the fcs fcs you have kari johnson who's you know was a backup basically in the sec is he going to be enough i think this is a position that you're concerned you could have some concern about now luckily as i said we have coaching staff that 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 i think coach them up and you don't play a ton of the best quarterbacks this season you avoid Riley Leonard, you avoid Cole Klubnik, you avoid Drake May and um, Brennan Armstrong. That's a positive. And when you play out of conference teams like Army, who doesn't have much of a quarterback, you, I mean, I don't want to trash them, but like UConn, they're, they're playing the quarterback from Maine who stopped last enough last year. Uh, NIU, I don't even know who their quarterback is, so I'll find out more. And Holy Cross is a good one, but he's NFCS school, right? So you, I think that it, it, in itself is is a is a positive, but it's still who knows. 
it could chunk plays be an issue? Could blown coverages be an issue? It's something worth watching and it's something worth discussing. We'll have to wait to the opening game to see if that is something that actually comes through um, for Boston College. Now, in a moment, I want to get into two more areas I want to walk about, watch, uh, talk about, excuse me, uh, for Boston College heading into next year and, and areas I'm still looking at going, hmm, do they have enough there? Now, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Sometimes you are, are looking at, uh, you know, you're in a relationship and you're not sure if this is the right person for you. It, you know, the, it, are you compatible enough to take that next step to get married? So whether you're dealing with decisions about career relationships or anything else, Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life, helps you define your role, helps you define your, your uh, priorities in your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make the right decision that aligns with your values is like anything. The more you price it, the easier it gets. All right. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. V visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black. We are just a week over... Over a week until the start of the regular season as BC takes on NIU at Alumni Stadium on Saturday, no, uh, September 2nd. I don't know about you folks. I'm getting so excited. So if you are enjoying BC sports and you want all your news and analysis, hit that subscribe button here on Locked On on YouTube or follow us on whatever you get your podcast. Anyway, just make sure you listen to us, okay? So we're talking about concerns. We're, we're, we're in the weeds here about some things that I, I'm still watching. Uh, as, as a potential area that BC could slip up heading into next season. And if you're on YouTube, you can see the next picture I have up. And that is the special teams. And not specifically the returners. I think Ryan O'Keefe and probably Lewis Bond are going to be fine. I think they're going to be good returners for you. You should be good there. It's more the kicking game. In both kicking areas, I still think are areas to watch. Right now, we have had a kicking competition at camp between Connor Litton and Liam o Liam Connor, both the kickers. Uh, Sam Stone also, a true freshman, has been in there as well. As we saw last year with Litton, he had some struggles. He only kicked fifty five percent of his uh, his uh, field goals and struggled at times. And this camp, Halfley has said they're going to battle between the two. Now, I don't think they've named a kicker yet. And I, I, if I was a betting man. When you get that NIU depth chart, when I put that up on Eagle Insider or break it down on this podcast, I am going to guarantee you Connor and Litton are going to have a big or between them and you're not going to know who the starter is. And while that's fun, the piece that concerns me is that it from what I've heard and what it sounds like, there's no one has clearly won that battle yet. We still don't have a clear number one kicker. And if they're struggling or, or if they have days that are off, BC kicking cannot have off days. They need to have a consistent kicker. So I, I hope, and again, this is something I just need to see, that they have a kicker that can consistently kick field goals because they're going to need those points and they're going to need to not make mistakes that keep points off of the scoreboard. So 
that's an area uh, in terms of kicking. But the other area with kicking that I, I want to see because we don't have, we haven't seen it yet is punting. Now, last year you had, it was Danny Longman as your kick, your punter who was fine. There was nothing special about Danny Longman, um, but he, he didn't make many mistakes and, you know, he, he didn't, he did, he, you know, he averaged 41 uh, yards per, per punt, which was fine, but he's gone. You know, he's doing his, his TikTok thing and probably has a career now at that point, but you now have the Aussie in, you have Sam Candotti, who's a sophomore punter. He kicked 13 punts last year and it was all squib kicks. I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough out of Aussie rule kickers to know how that would work with a team like Boston college. I um, I think I remember hearing Halfley at one point saying that he's going to have Candotti learn how to kick traditionally. But when you have a new punter and one that maybe is either going to do things weird with those, you know, pooch punt things that he does constantly or learning the other way, that's a concern as well. You just, you just hope that it all works out. You know, we, I forget what year, what year was it? I think it was an Adazio year where they just couldn't even get punts off. I, I have nightmares about that. I hope that's not what happens here, that he got, he gets everything all figured out. So kicking for me was an area that I'm going to watch out for. And finally, my last one is more of a brief, just a quick discussion. It's not George Takis, but it's the depth of tight end behind George Takis that I just need, again, it's, it's, it's still at, at the end of camp, something you want to see. Now I talked to George on uh, Tuesday at camp and asked him about Jeremiah Franklin. He, you know, he said, Jeremiah has you know, come a long way. Um, you know, last year, Franklin had a tough year. Whew, did he struggle as a freshman? Um, but he comes as a highly regarded tight end and he's put on about 30 pounds. So he's bigger and ready to play. But again, in terms of established guys behind your starter and a guy that has been hurt a lot, tight end is a position I want. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're, if, when they go into the season, if something was to happen to Takis, do they have enough talent behind him to get through the season? Will Franklin be able to step up? You know, Hans Lillis, is he an every down tight end? I'm not sure. Matthew Regan or Holden Simmons. These are all young guys. These are all young guys that could play tight end, but they don't have a ton of snaps behind him. So, you know, I, my last piece of concern is that just, man, you just got to hope that George Takis can, can hold up this year. Uh, he, you know, that tight end position, especially in passing games, they take a beating. I mean, I've watched, you know, we watched Hunter Long get smashed up. Takis took a bunch of hits last year. Uh, and, I, you know, as a Pats fan, Rob Gronkowski would constantly just get the crap kicked out of him. Takis, you, you know, maybe Jeremiah Franklin does take that step, but you just want to hope that Takis holds up this year because you need it. So those are my areas of concerns, my areas you want to watch to make sure BC is, is, is sound there. And many of these are just going to have to show me on the, on the, on the field, you know, maybe the talent is there, but because practices are closed and we don't talk about it all that much, we don't know. Now on tomorrow's show, uh, we'll continue talking football. We hope we may have a guest. I'm still locking down a specific guest that I know a lot of folks have been asking for. Um, and I have just been playing phone tag with him. So hopefully we'll, we'll get, uh, more details on that soon. Thank you all so much. Uh, make sure you subscribe and lock, lock to Locked On BC wherever you get your podcasts, either on YouTube or here. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Take care, everyone.